to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you are all doing very, very well. I'm going to bring Andy on in just one moment here. But before I do, I have to give a mention to our latest patron at Patreon, Sam, who you can find on Twitter at SamuelRubio99. That is at Samuel R-U-B-I-O. Nine, nine. And Samuel also has a podcast for Spanish-speaking Roma supporters. You can go to planetaroma.net slash podcast. So that's P-L-A-N-E-T-A-R-O-M-A dot net slash podcast. And you can also find their podcast on Podbean. And again, wonderful podcast for Spanish-speaking Romanisti. Sam, thank you so, so much for your support. If you would like to join Sam, help us support our endeavors here, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press, or you can go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. What you get by signing up to become a patron, early access to the podcast, and even extra episodes of the podcast. So again, patreon.com slash Roma Press. And without further ado, here is Andy. All right, Andy, so we learned the fate of Roma's Syria campaign yesterday. So Roma will begin their season against Genoa at home. And then, pretty surprisingly, because it's not very common, we have the derby against Lazio very early in the season coming the second match day. And then they're home against Sassuolo, away to Bologna, home to Atalanta, away to Lecce home to Cagliari, away to Sampdoria, home to Milan, and away to Udinese to round out their first 10. And I have to say, my initial thought was, once the entire fixture list was revealed for the league, I thought this was extremely balanced. I thought it was positive. And, especially at the beginning, I thought it was just what uh, Paolo Fonseca would need to ease himself into the season. What were your thoughts when the fixture list for the City A was revealed? You know, I think uh, I, I have mixed feelings about having the Derby so soon because uh, two games into the season, it, I mean, it it's definitely a great motivator. Um, you know, you're basically looking at one of the most significant games in the season already as your second a game in the season so that's probably always uh, a, a factor that will help uh, get the blood pumping in in uh, and you know hopefully players will not underestimate the start of the season the way they did uh last year um i also thought it was v- very well balanced for once i am very happy that my christmas will not be ruined by uh roma losing uh, to Juve. Um, hopefully, they do it later on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but but otherwise, I'm I'm pretty positive. I think the the first ten games or so are, you know, they, they're manageable. Uh, after those first ten games, it gets a bit rough. You have a few difficult matches uh, against the opponents. I think like Sampdoria or uh, you know Milan and, and Napoli. So then it gets it gets tricky, but 
as of right now, I'm satisfied and I'm curious to see how it w- it will, because I, I don't know, I don't check the calendars that often. So I, I, I'm curious to see how it balances out the Coppa Italia with the, the Europa League, uh, you know, um, because that will be the most crucial aspect is how can you balance the, the workload across three different competitions? Very true. For me, though, the biggest factor or the first thought I had when it was entirely revealed. First four of the five league matches are at home. And with a new squad, a new manager, you need that cohesiveness. I can't think of a much more ideal situation than that. Not having to play away from the Olimpico. If we're being honest, I mean, the teams that they're facing, Genoa, Lazio, Sassuolo, Bologna, Atalanta, in their first five, with the one again, uh, with the one against Bologna being the one away, I mean that is not backbreaking by any stretch. Is it going to be difficult? Sure. Are Roma going to need some period of adaptation? Absolutely. Again, the way it ended up, extremely positive. Yeah, and you know you also have to say, I, I mean, uh, I also like the way we um, Roma have planned out their friendlies this year. Uh, I think it makes sense. Um, today they released the date for the friendly against uh, Real Madrid. So I think that is, um, I think I, I think the preparations this year, at least uh, schedule wise, they seem wiser uh, compared to last year. Um, but you know, I'm also reminded of the way we came out last year swinging. Uh, it was at Torino, right? It was at Torino. We won. That Jekyll uh, wonder goal. Death- Yes, yes, uh, with an assist from Cliver, but that was a game where we basically suffered the whole time. Uh, and then Atalanta happened, where we looked completely deflated and shell shocked, uh, where we managed to. But what I mean is, Roma uh, have always, at least in recent years, at least under Di Francesco, they have had a hard time of getting out in the first. A few season games, you know, the first year with Di Francesco, we won at Atalanta 1-0, similarly to the way we won against Torino. But at the same time, we lost the game later, which was very important against uh, Inter. And we all remember the fashion in which we lost. But it's, um, I think, I think this is what is favorable is that, yes, you meet Lazio, you meet Atalanta, but you also meet the likes of Genoa, the likes of Bologna, which, you know, but for a team like Roma should be a good test rather than anything else. And so I'm hoping that with Fonseca, with the way uh, we've been hearing a lot of positive things from the training sessions, uh, you know, players praising him, uh, praising his intensity during training sessions. If he can, you know, get those first few games right, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say expect 15 points or whatever, uh, but, but, but definitely I expect good results uh, for a team that is determined to do better uh, compared to last season. In terms of the transfer market, getting away from the calendar a bit, there really isn't a lot happening. The, Transfer rumors have died down a bit. The news has died down a bit. I'm going to come out with it shortly. Um, Spoke with the agents of Rick Karsdorp. Wouldn't really comment on anything. But I do have the sense that he will return to the Netherlands. Perhaps uh, Feyenoord. 
it doesn't look like he's going to remain at Roma at all because Petraki is working on bringing in another right back. Who that ultimately ends up being, we'll have to see. But other than the usual Iguain rumors, there really isn't a lot happening. It's slowed down tremendously. Is that worrying you at all? Or you, You've said this in the previous two episodes, but you said... You, you almost expected this and that Roma would now work on more outgoing business than as opposed to incoming. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty clear that they're trying their best to offload, you know, again, the likes of Karsdorp, the likes of Nzonzi. I don't know how reliable that is, but French football news that uh, Monaco are getting calls every day to take the player. <laughs> if, if that is the case, I mean, I get it. You know, it, this is... I expected it. I didn't. I don't expect to hear that. You know, either something about Alderweireld because that <laughs> is a very complicated move, and you still have uh, all these defenders, all these players that you need to get rid of first. You have the Jacko situation where uh, one day I'm hearing Inter are making a new offer. The next day I'm hearing Roma have rejected the offer. Jacko is likely to stay. Um, Maybe the, the only interesting news of players incoming are the, the news about Hisai. Uh, there's certainly, in my opinion, something that Roma, uh, that that leads, that points to Roma wanting to bring Hisai in. Um, we all know he's on his way out of Napoli, and uh, we know his, uh, his agent is, is someone who's worked with Roma before. It's interesting, I mean, to me... I have a feeling, and may I may be wrong, but I have a feeling that that Pastore is going to stay. I I don't think there are any chances by now that he is leaving. I don't, I just don't see it happening. I see the likes of Gonalons leaving. I see the likes of Nzonzi leaving. Um, Pastore, though, I, I I'm pretty sure will remain another year at Roma. Well, it looks like uh, Greg Wad the Frel is on his way out. Uh, right, Sky Sports right, right. says that he is nearing a move to Cagliari that is worth between loan and redemption. Now we have to wait to see if it's a loan with an obligation or an option to buy. But they're saying it could total upwards of 16 million euros, which, again, if I would have told you that figure a year ago after the season he had at Roma, you probably would have thought I was crazy. But... He certainly helped redeem himself at Sampdoria, so that's something I expect to happen soon. And, and we make Plus Valenza with that. Yes, we do. Yes, Roma do. So that's another important factor. I want to talk about his side for a minute, though, because I have seen some uh, very differing opinions on him. I don't know if people have not watched him in the last two seasons, but he has not, he has not been good. And I have to tell you, I am very surprised at the number of people who would actually welcome him or think he's that much of an upgrade over Florenzi because maybe it had to do with injuries, a lack of form. This past season, he was absolutely dreadful. I have to say, that's not a name that excites me. Does it excite you? Uh, excitement is too big of a word, really. Uh, but but I will, I will tell you this. Uh, this year, I thought he was one of the worst uh, in terms of fullbacks. Um, I don't know how Napoli managed to get as far as they did this year uh, with the likes of Mario Rui and Hisai uh, on on both flanks. I really don't know. But but at the same time, I can tell you that the best Hisai is the Hisai that I saw under Sarri. Um, 
where I believe one, he, one of the best in City A. Yeah, I, I think the, I, I believe he won. I believe he won best right he back did. Uh, he did. Uh, of the league. So we, under three sorry, seasons ago, exactly. So I, I you know, definitely didn't do enough last year to prove his worth. Uh, but at the same time, I can definitely see that he's a, a, a player that has something to offer. Uh, on his good day, he's to me he's much better than Florenzi. Uh, um, so obviously that doesn't say a lot. But would I take him uh, compared to any other fullbacks that we've been tied to? And we haven't been linked to that many fullbacks, even though we are in need, uh, considering Karsdorp is, is on his way out. So. I will take him be- be- just because I think the way Sarri played with Napoli and the idea of football that I think is Fonseca's idea of football has uh, a lot of uh, uh, aspects that can help Hisai uh, do well. I think Hisai is, is, would be more functional to, to that sort of football that, that Fonseca plays um, where you, you dominate possession, you, you, you play fast, uh, something similar to what Sari did first touch. Um, so that may be an, an interesting option. Obviously, you know, I, I, I've seen him. I'm, I wouldn't be ecstatic about it, but I think he's definitely an upgrade uh, uh, compared to Florenzi. So given that things with Roma have really slowed down a bit, I wanted to take this chance for you and I to discuss, react, Love Some it. of the yes. transfer market campaigns of the other fellow City Ass sides. So, who do you want to start with, Juve? We were all surprised when Sarri was the one that they ended up choosing, or at least I was, I, I'll say. I don't know how, as currently constructed, I don't know how much they fit his his ideas. I mean, we all know what Sarri ball is at this time, but... I don't know. I feel like their biggest need was in the midfield, and all they did was bring in uh, Rabio. They also brought in Ramsey. Ramsey. For you, is that enough to really sway things for them? I mean, I don't think anybody's saying Juve won't win the Scudetto. I mean, I, for me, that's already a given. Uh, they're still the best team in all of the city. But we all know their ambitions are not winning the Scudetto anymore. They're far beyond that. They've also brought in, obviously, Delect which is a huge, huge move. They also managed to somehow get Demiral from Sassuolo for only 18 million euros. And now they're quoting other clubs who would like to buy him for yep. 50 million euros. So if somebody could, could explain that to me, I'd be happy to listen. Buffon came back. Uh, obviously for Roma, they got Luca Pellegrini. So it's an impressive transfer market on the whole, but... As far as needs go, I thought their needs were in the midfield, and I don't think they brought in somebody who you would really consider world-class. What are your thoughts? I, I think this would be the first team for Sarri without Jorginho in a while, so that will be interesting to see mm, who point. will be his uh, you know, his, his, his star in the midfield because, as you said, right now it's, it's hard to figure out, and it's hard to figure out what Rabiot is all about because we haven't seen him play in a long time. Uh, obviously, he was one of the most promising players and, and really just so incredibly talented. We all remember his his wonderful mom and her relationship with Sabatini. Uh, <laughs> um, we, Veronique. Yes, yes. The wonderful Veronique Rabiot. Uh, you know, it, it's... I, I, <laughs> 
I have a hard time. I, I obviously Juve have done wonders in the defense. You know, getting uh, players like Pellegrini, who will grant you uh, definitely a few years of of of, of great talent. I think it, it, what it looks like. Uh, certainly, Demiral, uh, another player that, as you said, I still I have no idea how they managed to get. I mean, I, I have a fairly good idea that would include a, an offer. Uh, you could not refuse because that's what Juve often do in Serie A. They make you an offer that you cannot refuse. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, I'm alluding to the mafia. Uh, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, and then the leaked. But to me, the weird thing is that they are willing to get rid of Moise Keane, who upon two months ago was was labeled as the biggest thing coming in Italian football along with his buddy Zaniolo and now they're they're shipping him off to Everton uh for 40 million which is a brilliant job uh by by the wonderful Mino Raiola um and then they're it seems like they're willing to sell Dybala who is one of their few under uh, 30 players who who plays up front. I mean, if you look at Juve's squad uh, uh, up front, aside from the defense with some young pieces that they've added recently, they have a very old squad. They have a very old team with a lot of uncertainties because you have still Kedira, who's uh, uh, just, uh, I don't know, he's he's uh, he's a walking hospital. And, uh, you, you know, you have uh, Mandzukic, who who is basically struggling to 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 get a deep breath uh, every minute and then you know you you have all these old players that don't seem to have any sort of market and Juve are so willing to give away uh these these young stars because Dybala to me in the last year or so has dropped immensely in world rankings i think people don't realize anymore how special of a player uh, he is uh, it just seems that you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo being the, the the age he is, with Douglas Costa on his way out, seemingly, uh, with Cancelo on his way out, seemingly, uh, I, I I really have a hard time seeing what the plan is for the future for Juve up front, not in the back, but midfield and attack. Too many questions for me. A lot of questions, indeed. I don't understand why they are so quick to offload Dybala great player in my opinion completely mishandled by Max Allegri and I think it would be a huge loss you just referenced the you know their age especially in attack to me it would make little to no sense to allow him to go let's move to who could we do next we can do Inter next which is going to be fun to talk about because if 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 <laughs> Lukaku from Manchester United actually ends up going to Juve in this proposed swap deal with Dybala, I think Antonio Conte might have another meltdown like he did when Roma unfortunately pipped uh, Juani Torbe from under his nose. I mean, this has been their target from the beginning. Now, they did bring in Diego Godin on a free transfer, Barella from Cagliari, Stefano Sensi from Sassuolo, Lazzaro from Hertha. And I believe that is it. Yes, that is it. So certainly, especially in attack, they are completely lacking. I think their entire market up to now, obviously this could change in the coming days, but up to now at this point as we record, 
I think they have mismanaged their transfer situation so badly. I feel like they're not getting anywhere near the criticism that they deserve, especially in attack. When you also factor in the situation of Icardi, to me, what they've done this entire summer makes zero sense. I mean, it's uh, I I really have a hard time uh, seeing as to how any Inter fan can be optimistic about uh, what's going on because you know at the beginning it, it seemed like okay. Don Beppe Marotta will come in, <laughs> will do his magic, he'll kick out the dead weight, he'll tell Icardi to, uh, uh, you know, go screw himself. But aside from that, you know, and then we they have the... They mishandled, they mishandled Perisic, they've mishandled Icardi, they mishandled the Nainggolan situation. Uh, putting him on the market and then questioning their professionalism, uh, you know, their, whatever it is... The, Nainggolan with the situation at home that he's having right now uh, with his wife. Um, it's... Yeah, I mean, nothing says maximizing value by absolutely shitting on these guys Completely. in two consecutive press conferences. <laughs> totally, and and reaffirming it, not stepping down. I mean, uh, two days ago was Zhang who said, yes, our plans did not change. We want to get rid of Ankari as soon as possible. And, and uh, you know, and you said of Conte having a meltdown. I'm pretty sure Conte already had uh, meltdown number one uh, uh, what a week ago, when when uh, Marotta and and Auxilio had to reassure him, they had a meeting with him uh, because because he spoke during a press conference saying that he was uh, a bit uh, shocked by how slow things were going. That's a that's not a good situation, at least from an outsider's perspective. Uh, the midfield is probably the weakest part of, of Inter. Uh, certainly in the last few seasons, the, the, the Inter that we saw with the likes of Kondogbia, um, uh, the likes of Brozovic, who up until a year ago was was in snooze mode and, and couldn't be bothered to play. Uh, you know, with the likes of Vecino and, and Borja Valero, who's like uh, 65, um, the the fact that they, they they've brought in okay Barella great young talent uh, still that price tag is a bit a bit problematic for me but who else Sensi is that how they plan on completely reshaping the midfield that's that's a no go for me there that that's a department they're still they still need to work on if they want to improve because defense is world class the, the defense is world class at Inter. But midfield and then the attack, who do they have in the attack? Stefano Longo, who's like 33 and still considered a Primavera player and who's played <laughs> who's played in Cremonese and had four appearances, zero goals. Um, and some some Italian newspaper, some Italian newspaper didn't even care to check. And they said uh, Inter wonder friendly with a goal and the death by the youngster Stefano Longo. Um <laughs> <laughs> that that that's that's all you need to know about Italian media. What I what I think is that Inter and this situation with Lukaku is this is going to be big and this is going to be fun as a non-Inter fan if if the the deal with Juve goes through. Speaking of real quick, we're getting away from the market just for a minute. Speaking of the Italian media, I want to talk about my good friend Ivan Zazzaroni at Corriere dello Sport again yesterday on the front page. Go I just on. want to read yep. this because this absolutely blew my mind. Uh, 
So on the portion of the front page, um, Corriere dello Sport had a picture of the new signing of Milan, the striker uh, Leao, and then they also had him next to a picture of Cut- uh, Cutrone, who was, who was already sold, actually. It was just made official a couple of minutes ago. In this little snippet of the front page, they basically said that Italian sides are overpaying for foreign players when they could easily get Italian players for less. And in this little snippet of the front page, they said, Roma spends 27.5 million euros for Paolo Lopez when Perin is worth 15 million. And then right under that, it says Italian sides are willing to overpay for talented foreigners. What? Yep. Huh? Yep. The same Perin who just failed a medical seven days ago? When I read stuff like this, I don't know why I'm shocked, but I... The, the, and also, the, to me, the, 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 the stupid thing is the argument of nationality. Oh, I mean, awful. It, it seems awful. like we're in the Middle Ages where nationality matters in the market. So if you're Italian, if you're a young Italian, you should already from the start be more expensive than someone from uh, your age group uh, from another nationality. And right. why? Because because we're going through a rough spell where talent is very scarce compared to uh, a decade ago or even a little before that. Uh, so they have to compensate by creating this narrative, which to me is stupid because we then overrate and, and overhype players that have still miles to go. Players like Zaniolo, who after two or three seasons of really good showing, uh, become these next stars and and the expectations grow on them. And then when they don't deliver, we are the first one to bash them. Those same newspapers, even Zazzaroni, who uh, I will not speak speak of uh, the way I think of him because uh, my opinion is of him is very low it will be yes. one of the first few people who will criticize any youngster any Italian youngster who who goes yes. through a rough spell because of what they just did what they just did is overhype him and this idea that Cutrone is is this great Italian phenomenon and com- comparing him to the likes of Pippo Inzaghi just know, just know, just accept that, you know, this is the reality of sports. And because you're Italian doesn't make you more expensive than any other player. Anyway, getting back to the market, let's talk about <laughs> Milan. Okay. To date, they've got, well, arriving today is Leao from Lille. They've brought in Theo Hernandez from Real Madrid, uh, Krunic from Empoli, Benacer from Empoli. And that is it. What do you think of their market? They have made a few nice moves. I think going for Krunic and Benacer um, is is a nice change of pace and will probably make Milan look much more attractive compared to last season where, you know, you, uh, people rated Bakayoko under Gattuso. Mm, I didn't uh, because I just thought that whole team looked boring. Uh, they, they, they just didn't have that that flavor that flash uh and now they brought in two players that have that i thought at great prices um i didn't like the fact that they let go of zapata uh i think their defense is shaky and they don't they don't seem interested in uh 
in improving it there was a rumor recently believe it or not i don't know if you're uh, follow, if, if you followed it that uh, milan were interested in getting fazio um that that's that's one of the latest rumors going I around uh, rome uh, which to me wouldn't make sense because you're adding uh, just an, another old guy who makes a lot of money and uh, and would be back up to romagnoli and whoever they want to play, if it's Musacchio. We don't know what Caldara is made of. We don't know. We don't know what Conti is made of. We don't know. And they still haven't addressed that. Um, they still have players that they want to offload. Suzo is certainly one of them, even though they keep saying no. Uh, Hakan is also a player that, in my opinion, they need to get rid of because he would just get in the way of players with much more uh, talent, such as Paqueta. Um, and then Piontek, uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see what this Leao kid is all about, if he can work with Piontek. To me, that is not a problem. To me, with Milan, uh, unlike with Inter, the, the problem is in the defense because I don't like Ricardo Rodriguez. I don't like Musacchio. I don't know what Caldara is made of anymore, if he's still alive and breathing. I don't know if, if Conti is still a football player. Um, Calabria is good inconsistent but good so Milan are doing an, uh, I think a good job of, of, of staying low uh, unlike uh, two years ago when they went spending big with, with Mirabelli and Fassone um, and, and you know and that eventually was their downfall so I think their market right now is smart um, right. there is slight improvement but you know again they're they're with a whole new coach a whole new attitude so it'll be interesting the way they will move in the next few weeks see i think their biggest flaw remains Gianpaolo. he was a guy i did not want at yes. all coming yes. to roma yes. i think you and i were pretty clear that we both didn't want him coming i mean for me he is above all i mean take away the transfer market i mean for me he is the biggest question mark out of everything there but the one I really want to talk about, Napoli. We know who they've brought in already. Manolas, Di Lorenzo, as I just mentioned. But above their incoming, they have done some... I, I, I had to double-check this. I mean, the business they have done outgoing was pretty spectacular. Now, they lost Albiol for 5 million euros. Diawara to Roma, 21 million euros. Robert uh, Inglese to Parma for 20 million euros. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Yep, that's the that's that's another case of mafia. Yes, uh, Rog for thirteen million to Cagliari, and other than Manolas Di Lorenzo, they haven't really made a big splash. Big splash. They've been linked to some pretty big names, but they have yet to do that. But again, Manolas, uh, Koulibaly, I think they could be the best in all of the city. Ah. Uh, I, I I still wouldn't go that far considering the partnerships at Inter and at Juve especially. Definitely, if they manage to keep Koulibaly uh, during this offseason as well, uh, kudos to them. Like, seriously, that that is one of the things that I think Napoli need to get a lot of praise for, is that they know how to keep uh, they play, the players they care about. Uh, they know how to uh, make players uh, feel at home. Um, right. Because a guy like Koulibaly is someone who seriously bleeds the Napoli uh, colors. Uh, so kudos to them. I think... This is my personal opinion. I think uh, Napoli, despite getting Manolas, um, they, they they still will miss 
Albiol, uh, because those are completely different players, and and I think Albiol is one of the most underrated center backs in the last few years in in Italy. Nobody ever mentioned him. When whenever you had to mention the best center backs in the league, you would say Chiellini, Koulibaly, Bonucci, Romagnoli, Manolas, uh, De Vrij, Skriniar, but you would rarely uh, see Albiol's name in that list. And I think he was a very important factor and a very important player in, in Sarri's uh, uh, record-breaking Napoli team. And then um, there are still a few questions to me with this whole James uh, or Hamas saga, if you prefer. <laughs> uh, uh, because because this I is I never know how to pronounce it. I, I don't know. Let's let's do both names so we don't insult any any anyone over this. <laughs> um, so the James Hamas uh, saga is to me a bit tricky. Obviously, it was complicated from the start, but it seems like uh, just like with Inter, Napoli's whole incoming market is yes focused on Manolas, but on ha- James Hamas as well. Um, this whole thing is 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 taking a lot of time. There's been a lot of rumors once that he is signing for Napoli, then the next day he's off to Atletico Madrid, then the next day he's staying at Real Madrid because Asensio got injured. So that is complicated. There was there was talks of Pepe going there, but Pepe is now on his way to uh, Arsenal. Um, so. To me, that's a tricky thing because I think Napoli, to make really the, 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 the a significant step forward and, and cut the gap between Napoli and Juve, is to get a, a, a someone up there. Yeah, I like Milik, but somebody that that can that can make a difference because yes, we've seen Mertens going for almost thirty goals in a season. Uh, as as a winger uh, or as a false nine, uh, then Insigne having great seasons, then last season a bit dropped off. Milik delivering when it mattered, but but still you need to make that. Stuff. I think there is one piece missing, and a big time player is needed there. Hopefully they get James Hamas, but uh, James if Hamas. that doesn't go, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I've started a trend. Okay, <laughs> if. if you know, if if <laughs> if that doesn't go through, if that doesn't go through, uh, it, it's going to be interesting what who they'll go after. I think I like Di Lorenzo um, as a fullback, but Napoli, in order to satisfy it, Ancelotti, and I think this will be also Ancelotti's uh, certainly is Ancelotti certainly has a big say in this and. Uh, if he doesn't get the one player he wants, I'm curious to see what the alternatives will be. Will it be Lozano or will it be somebody else? Are you a fan of the market closing before the start of the season? Everybody seems to be 50-50, whether they love it or they hate it. Do you uh, like it? Let, let me say, I I will just say that I, 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 I like it because I don't want to see any of that Strotman stuff happening all over again. We saw, we we bas- we started right. the season with Strotman. Strotman was a starter uh, at at Torino, and 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 the next the next week he was off, and uh, <laughs> it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So just by looking at that one time, everything went wrong because I truly believe that. Technically, we didn't miss Strotman at all. We actually benefited from him not being there. But 
locker room wise we could see the impact it had so just by looking at that i will say uh, i'll definitely uh, enjoy uh, if, if 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 the market closes before the, the um the start of the season i absolutely love the idea of the market closing before the start of the season but it, in my opinion i think it only works if you have the other leagues following suit i think it's entirely stupid if you have the French league going until the end of the month. You have the Spanish league going until the end of, mo- end of the month. Meanwhile, you have the Premier League ending the whatever it is, the first or second week of August. Uh, eighth, I believe. So, so in a week. In a week. And then you have the City, uh, I believe is the 14th this year. I could be mistaken. Okay. But whatever it is, it's in the middle of August. And then you have the French league. You have the Spanish league ending at the end of August. So... I would like to see some sort of, you know, universal agreement. Now, of course, that's difficult when you have different leagues starting at different times. I think the way the City Odd doesn't, I don't think anybody would disagree that the way they handle their scheduling is entirely stupid. But nonetheless, I doubt the big leagues throughout Europe are going to come to a unilateral consensus as to a specific date and time to shut the window. I just don't like City A closing earlier than the Spanish or the French League because, again, we have things like the sale of Strootman happen very last minute, and there's nothing you can do to reinforce the team once you make that very late sale. So that's my only complaint about uh, the current inconsistency with the closing times of the various leagues' transfer markets. But anyway, that's where we're going to leave it, everybody. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you could, please leave a review wherever you're listening to us, especially on iTunes. It really, really helps support the podcast, and it would be greatly appreciated. So we will be back later in the week with hopefully more Roma-related news because, as we said, it's been very, very slow this week. So thank you so much for listening, and until next time, ciao.